Amen. So continue to enjoy your ice creams. And this morning, this morning we didn't worry. We weren't able to finish chapter seven. So let's continue looking at chapter seven, starting from verse eighteen. And starting from verse 18 to verse 25, it talks about the judgment of Assyria. So when we look at history, we can always see the wonders of God. And when we look at the history of the world as well, we know that it does not lie on their on their will to do or not to do because God moves this world according to the spiritual state of Israel and likewise the church is at the center of, of each nation as well so God rules and deals with the, uh, your nations according to the, the level of holiness of your churches And before, when the churches were actually churches of God, there's the, the enemy had no power to, to rule so, to, to uh, move so freely in their nations. But ever since the churches have become corrupted, that's when the world, the, the enemy was able to take control of these nations. And soon, uh, the world is going to burn away. For the past 30 years, I've been emphasizing the importance of a church uh, in, in every conference. And the kingdom of God and the church are equals. They are connected and they're one. So depending on the holiness or depending on the corruption of the churches, God will decide to, whether, uh, to, to pour judgment or to pour blessings upon that nation. And Israel is directly connected with, uh, with this as well. So it's quite humorous. The world says that they have, they have done this, they can do that. But in the perspective of God, no matter what they do, it doesn't matter because God deals with them according to the, state, the, the status of the church or the status of Israel. So that's why we are very important figures alongside of the Jews. And for the, for the past 20 years, I've been emphasizing to... to the importance of holiness in this ministry and in this church. Because when you are holy, there's nothing that the Lord cannot do through you. And, like, and in the church as well, if the church maintains its holiness, the Lord, there's nothing that the Lord will not do through that church. So that's why don't, don't put your effort into to, uh, create, creating a good methodolo methodology to, to um, operate your churches or to lead your churches. Just maintain holiness and all things will be possible uh, through, through you guys, through your churches. And I've been saying this over and over again to all the pastors around the world. Simply let the Lord reign in your church and be in charge of your churches. Do not try to do anything for yourself or by yourself. And 
I want to say that the pastors of Zoe Ministry are already doing that, but many pastors, actually most pastors around the world, they don't understand this. And so they try to do, uh, they, they lead their churches with their own efforts, with their own standards or their own um, desires. But what you have to do is simply just let the Lord be in charge of your church. And you become, you need to become a vessel for Him. Do not try to take charge of your churches. And in that aspect, there's nothing easier than to be a pastor in this, in this world. And the pastors here, you have to uh, learn of, this, of the secrets and mysteries. You have to allow the Lord to come and reign over your churches because the church is the kingdom of God. So what the church has to do is to maintain its holiness, maintain its purity, and the rest will be taken care of by God. There's no reason for you to be burdened by anything, especially by your ministry. So again, do not forget that uh, God reigns over this, the rest of the world according to the spiritual status of Israel and the church. And now God has to call upon Assyria and to rebuke them and discipline them. And when Israel is taken into captivity in Isaiah 40, <clears throat> God says to Israel, you're not in, in captivity because you're weaker than Babylon, but it's because of your uh, uh, faithlessness. And through this captivity, you will, you will learn how to maintain holiness. And that's why God has allowed this, this uh, suffering to happen to them. So this is how dignified and how, how, how noble we are in the eyes of God. He would even allow us to be taken into captivity just for us to secure our holiness and, and uh, be reconciled with Him. And even though we may be in captivity, when the Lord wills it, we will, He will take us out of captivity. So we will not remain in captivity forever because there's no light in Babylon. During the second peak of Babylon's reign, that's when uh, Israel was, was able to escape their <clears throat> those chains. So do not be deceived by the world or be deceived by the enemy into thinking that, that, you, you can, that you have to live by the things that the world bestows upon you. But rather, you got to have mercy upon the world because their, their end is decided. And you got to take pity upon them. They don't even know how, how, uh, how devastating this money is to them. So if you have the, this perspective in you, then you will know that you're living in the kingdom of God correctly. So are you taking pity upon the world? If you cannot understand the whole picture, then you would still be chasing after money uh, just as the rest of the world is. In the, uh, as we are nearing the end times, the door of the gospel, the doors of the gospel are closing. So we gotta have mercy and compassion upon those who have not been saved yet. And we also have to kind of look down upon the world because no matter how high tech they are, they cannot go beyond the limit, uh, the, the the power of the Lord. So 
Let's begin, verse 18. In that day, the Lord will whistle for flies from the Nile Delta in Egypt. So Assyria has been expanding and trying to, to, to spread their power into the West. And to do that, they have been gathering their strength in the eastern side. And so the Palestinian region is constantly at battle because of these uh, uh, forces over there. When, when you look in history, for thousands of years, they have been in uh, quarrel with one another. Look at our nation. We are in between Japan and China, and so Korea was always a battlefield. So that's why our, 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 the people of this nation are so fierce, fierce, fearless. We always have to look at how strong our, our, our neighbor, uh, neighboring countries are. When China is stronger, then, then Japan will try to throw something to, to, uh, to defend themselves. And when Japan gets stronger, then China is also watching them. So, so since Korea has gone through so many wars and difficulties before, that's why when we greet one another, we say, have you eaten? Because there was a time where uh, having a meal was a, a significant thing. And you don't know when the last time, uh, when will be the next time you'll be able to be able to have a nice meal. <clears throat> so that is the pain and sorrow of this, of our people. And we are broadcasting this, this conference to Japan as well. And we love Noriko, who is uh, probably watching the broadcast right now. But historically speaking, the, J the Japanese people are the enemies of Korean people. But of course, we love Noriko. But anyways, <clears throat> so in, as you know, in the Nile, there's a lot of flies. And in the land of Assyria, there's a lot of bees. And according to this, the spiritual level of, of Israel, sometimes the Lord uses Egypt and sometimes He calls upon Assyria. But you have to know that no matter how powerful these, these foreign nations may become, they cannot overcome Israel without the Lord's uh, uh, permission. And so when you look at your churches, if your churches are being influenced by the world, then that means you are not truly a church of God because that is not the spiritual order that God has designed us to be. The church and the world never walk in, uh, together. Look at our church. During, during the IMF, when, when, the, when the whole nation, when the economy of the whole nation was plummeting, our church was doing fine. And recently during the pandemic as well, when all the churches have to, were closed down and doing social distancing, we gathered even more than, than, than usual. And our, the, the money offered to our church doubled during that season. So that is the power of the church. Conversely, there are times when the, the, the world will become rich, but the churches become poor. So I'm saying this to illustrate that the church cannot be influenced by the flow of the world. That's how the Lord reigns over the church.
So you cannot say uh, the reason why our church is going through difficulties because of the economy or because of our, 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 our circumstances. That's not the case. For 35 years, and during the 25 years in Yorbang Church, never once did I move, lead this church according to the economy or according to the regulations of our nation. When, all, when the rest of the other churches in Korea uh, <clears throat> took a step back or, or they um, downsized their churches and downsized their staff members, we actually gathered more people and more ministers and more pastors to be uh, in this church. Look at the other contemporary churches. They're, they're busy um, firing associate pastors, firing leaders of the church because they cannot pay their salary anymore. But look at our church. We are, only in, we are, we are increasing the number of leaders in this church. Just look at how many um, um, theology students there are and people who are standing in line to be ordained as pastors. And because It is because our church, we are not influenced or, or we are not led by the world. So all you have to know is to know the essence of the church. If you know the essence of the church, then you will not, be, you will not falter because of finances, because of, of numbers in your churches or because of these persecutions from, from, from your neighbors. We do not live according to our, situ uh, our, our surroundings. And this is a, a steadfast truth that will not change un even until the coming of Jesus. In no situation will we follow the flow of the world because the church is actually uh, in charge of the world. So, in that sense, God can use anybody when He wishes. Let's move on to verse 19. They will all come and settle in the steep ravines and in the crevices, in the rocks. Uh, uh. So, God, this is the Palestinian region. So, whether it be flies or bees, they're going to come and ravage this land. And if God pours out His judgment, then there's no, no place that these, uh, these nations can hide. But that, was, that is not how God wants to treat Israel. Israel should be, should be protected by God and be under his, his presence. But because they have disobeyed the Lord and turned against His word, they have, to be, they have to be exposed to the world and to these to the elements. And be judged in this way. So, like we said uh, this morning, all the the problems and issues that you're facing right now does not does not come from your surroundings, or or come from your actions, but rather it came from your unresolved relationship with the Lord. So, whenever you face an issue, you got to take a step back, stop, and 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 ask the Lord for help. This has to become a habit for you. So the most important um, characteristic that you gain when you live with the Lord is peace. You're calm. You're collected. Because even when these uh, difficulties come and strike you, all you have to do is kneel before the Lord and, and, and ask for His guidance. And humans, we cannot look at ourselves ob object objective objectively unless we are within the Lord. And it is impossible for us to evaluate ourselves to see what the issue is. 
Only in God can we see why this evil came into us, why this wickedness came into us. Israel as well, they can, no matter how much they groan or cry out, they won't be able to see what the true issue is that lies within them. They have to, to, to come before the Lord and pray to Him <clears throat> and encounter Him this way so that they can see their issues. So that's why it's so important for you to maintain a spiritual state where you can go before the Lord and, and talk to Him this way. On the... And that's why, whenever you're faced with something, do not do not be uh, do not fall into to, to urgency trying to resolve that issue quickly. A lot of you always find other people or find something else to help you get over these uh, hurdles or difficulties. And I don't tell the associate pastors of our churches what to do and what not to do because I, I want them to uh, personally resolve these issues uh, with the Lord themselves. So pastors, do not become a nagger in your church. When you start to nag, the people won't, won't, won't receive your message anymore. And senior citizens, also, as you get older, if you become more and more of a nagger, then uh, that, that is a huge issue because your, your, your leadership is not going to uh, be maintained. Nobody's going to listen to you or follow your instructions if you nag them all the time. So listen carefully. Everything is formed and made and resolved and released in your relationship with God. You cannot do this whilst relying on other people. And when you're faced with practical issues, it's difficult to, to do this. And it's because you have trained the, your flesh already. You're trained, you, tr you have trained it, so it is a habit to respond in that way. So that's why when you, may, when you face these practical issues and problems in your daily lives, you don't have sh your spirit does not have strength to respond and react. So that's why every day you must, you must go on, press on to, to deny yourself and to put yourself to death so that you will stop, cease to respond by your flesh. This all has to be activated, be substantialized in you. If you follow your flesh, then you will be, you will be led to death. If you follow the Spirit, then you shall live. Verse 20, In that day the Lord will use uh, a razor hired from beyond the Euphrates River, uh, the king of Israel, to shave your heads and the private parts and to cut up your heads also. And this is quite a humorous uh, expression. It's verse 20, right? So God is saying that He has bought Assyria at a great price. And after buying Assyria, he, He's going to use His razor to cut off their hair, cut off their beards and, and, and their private parts and all that. Which means He's bringing shame upon them. 
Northern Israel is going to be destroyed in this season, and Southern Judah, uh, their, all of their things, their, their, their power will be stripped from them. So, they will become shameful in the world. And all this happens because the Lord has allowed it. And when God was looking at Israel, He felt shame. He felt embarrassed of them. And that's why He made Isaiah uh, prophesy for three years being fully naked. It's because He wanted Isaiah to realize how shameful He felt of, of His children. And even though He's bringing shame upon Israel, ultimately it is the shame, it is the shame that He has been feeling on behalf, on behalf of Israel. Because he did not give anybody else his glory, and that's why. And, and so Israel is the glory of God itself. And also, this applies to the church. And according to Ephesians, the church has been given the the glory of God. And so, when the church or the where Israel um, gets corrupted, we have to be brought to shame. So we as the children of God, uh, we cannot bring this pain and suffering upon our Lord. Do not be immersed into the wicked um, desires of the world. Once you start to live with the Lord, you realize that the world has no fun. There's not, no entertainment in it anymore. So you got to separate yourself from it completely. Uh, verse 21 in that day a person will keep alive a young cow and two goats so uh, this was the one of the major exports of Israel having young cows and two goats so even though they their business thrived before that all that is going to be taken away from them so only a couple of goats and a couple of cows are going to be left verse 21 22, and because of the abundance of, of the milk they gave, there will be curds to eat. All who remain in the land will eat curds and honey. And because many people have died, they can, they can uh, sustain their population with just uh, these couple of cows and couple of goats. Because there's not a lot of people anymore in, in, in this country. Like I said before, no matter how much the world goes into poverty, the people of God will be taken care of by the Lord. He will not neglect them and let them uh, starve. He will, he will not let them experience the same poverty as the world. Elijah, wherever he went, he was fed by the Lord. Sometimes he wasn't fed well. Sometimes he had to, he had to eat the food of the widow who, who had no food left. But... Ultimately, the, the Lord will not allow His people, His righteous beings, to starve. When the whole of Egypt was going through a famine, the land of Goshen never, never faced that, that, that famine because His people was living there. As long as the people are under His reign, under His dominion, He will feed them, He will clothe them, He will let them rest. So we don't have to worry about what to eat, what to drink, and what to wear. If you're filled with concerns regarding these things, then already that means that you, there's, there's an issue uh, with your relationship with God. Always remember that you don't have to worry about what to drink, what to eat, and what to wear. Amen?
Let us continue. So you must have no doubt regarding this. Verse 23, In that day, in every place where there were a thousand vines worth a thousand silver shekels, So this is how precious Israel is uh, to the eyes of God. He only gives them the best, the most expensive, the most high-quality vines. But now, since they have disobeyed the Lord, uh, it will become useless. And there will be only bri uh, briars and thorns. And this, uh, this, all, this is a uh, result of their disobedience to the word uh, to the word of God. So, uh, in that sense, it is very important for us to not to not lose our identity in God because if you know of your identity, the Lord will respect you according to that dignity. Verse 24, Hunters will go there with, a, with bow and arrow for the land will be covered with briars and thorns. So it, this land used to be so rich and filled with abundance, but now it's going to become a land filled with wild beasts. And that's why hunters were going there with bows and arrows to, to hunt them down. Verse 25, As for all the hills once cultivated by the hoe, you will no longer go there for fear of the briars and the thorns. They will become places where cattle are turned loose and where sheep run. <coughs> So the reason why the animals are taking over this land is because there's the absence of mankind, the absence of human beings. And during the diaspora, when, when all, the, all the Israelites were scattered across the world, that, the, land, the land of Israel was actually quite barren. And, and uh, it was lifeless. Well, not lifeless, but uh, nobody, no people were living there. So this is what happens when you lose sight of the glory and the lose sight of the dignity that God has given, given us. <clears throat> and there's no reason for us to become like Israel in this chapter. Do not let yourself maintain in that wickedness until you reach this point. But because so many churches in this world are corrupted, God is going to pour His judgment upon the world pretty soon. And it's, it's very natural for these churches to become corrupted and polluted because they don't have the truth. But they have no idea how much they are bring, They're offending the Lord by not um, following the truth that He has given them. And the season of the, of, of the powerless churches is nearing its end now. Pretty soon, only two religions are going to be present on this earth. One religion is going to integrate all the religions of the world. And the other group is the small amount of remnant that God has prepared to prepare, uh, God has prepared to prepare His coming. And this season, God is using this season to raise and to nurture His remnant. Because I know the heart of the Lord, that's why even at my late age, I am actively uh, engaging in overseas ministries. And I, 
Now, church members keep saying that, that I need to buy a new car, but I say, no, 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 what I need is a private jet. Because, because going to these conferences requires a, 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 long, a lot of hours on planes, and, and, and it's a very difficult time for me. But the reason why we are The reason why I keep doing this is because I know the urgency of the Lord. I know that this time will not last forever. And we have to uh, gather all the remnants that we, we, cu- we can in the time that we have. And um, you guys probably know, probably know the schedule for this year, all the overseas conferences. And since there's no time, I will no longer be the only speaker for these conferences. I'm going to be. I'm going to start sending associate pastors, other leaders of the church, to go overseas and hold MB classes, hold conferences. So we're going to be making groups of. Of people who are going to teach MB, and we're going to send ministers and also intercessors. These three groups of people are going to come together to form a group and be sent as a team to uh, the uh, to these countries to uh, hold conferences and MB classes. Bogor right now has a lot on her plate right now. Her husband is fasting. She has to raise three sons, and all of her sons are mama's boys. So her focus could only be scattered and. Yeah, it's you know, it's a, uh, and she always receives a lot of spiritual attacks and pressure uh, when, when our brothers and sisters from China are here. But I always say your faith is very important because their faith is 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 depending on uh, is dependent on you, dependent on your faith. So you gotta do well. Now let's move on to chapter eight. I should have finished chapter 7 uh, earlier. But, to, but there are a lot of important things that we have to see in chapter 8. So again, uh, chapter 8 continues to talk about the judgment of, of God through Assyria. So let's do a little bit of a recap. God reigns over the rest of the world according to the spiritual level of, of Israel and the church. The world does not move according to the, to, to the standards or to the skill set or to, the, to, to uh, the things that they have accumulated in the world. So what we have to do is we have to pour, pour all of our energy and focus into knowing the Lord more, to, to experience Him more. Because... Because if you know the Lord, then you will see how God is reigning over the rest of the world. And so you don't have to know all the things of the world because all you have to know is how God is reigning over it. And you will reign with, the, with Him together. But when you don't know Him, when you don't know His kingdom, then you will, only, then, then, then you will seek out the, the, the data, the information and the knowledge of the world, thinking that that, that will be beneficial for you. You might say, oh, that, this only applies to pastors, right? You don't have to work in the world or anything like that. But no, 
whatever happens to the children of God, it's not important for them to know every information regarding that situation, but it is more it is best for them to, to, to ask the Lord directly and allow the Lord to reign and, and resolve those issues for them. So think about it. Think about how many church businesses we have in our church. Do you think I can lead those com companies? Do you think I can lead those businesses uh, by myself without knowledge in, in, in these businesses at all? But the reason why I can advise them and, and give them counseling is because the Lord gives me His wisdom and knowledge regarding uh, the, 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 the things that they have to do. So do not be deceived by the world. The more you have knowledge in the world, the more your mind will start to move before your spirit. We should lay down our thoughts and follow the inspirations of the Lord. But when you have knowledge, when you're filled with, with, with information, then you'll be more keen to following that information that you have in your mind and, be, and make a, a logical uh, uh, decision. The kingdom of God is only moved by His ways. So we have to follow the ways of the Lord. We have to know the Lord. We have to experience the Lord. If you know Him, then everything else will be taken care of. On the other hand, if you don't know God, then you, do, then you lose everything. If God says you, you can have it, then you will have it. If God says don't have it, then you, don't, then you won't have it. All the decisions are made by Him in the end. And, and all the, the events that happen, happen because that He has allowed it. So once you stick close to the Lord, everything else will, will be resolved. Because you are guaranteed. These are not my words. This is the words of Galatians. That it is not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So you do not live for yourself anymore. You have to allow the Lord to, Lord to come and live in you. So that's how simple it is. You don't have to live for yourself. You don't have to make the decisions. So just follow the Lord, obey His word, and, and let Him live in you. Let's move on to verse uh, to chapter 8. So this judgment continues from, continues from chapter 7. The Lord said to me, Take a large scroll and write, it up, write on it with an ordinary pain, Mahar Shalah Hashbaz. So it means quick to plunder, swift to spoil. So it is written. So it's written in this language so that everybody would know that this is the judgment of God, and every, everybody knows of this 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 this, this language except Israel. People who live according to faith, people who live with the Lord. Constantly, they're under their spirit is under the reign of the Lord, and so they can move and, and uh, they can um, receive the word of the Lord and be sensed because they are sensitive to it. They're they're always sensitive to the inspirations of God. But if you live by your flesh and the power of the flesh is very strong within you, then you lose that sensitivity. You become numb, and your spiritual senses die. In Galatians, Paul says you have to follow. Uh, your spirit needs to follow three steps. Your spirit needs to, to 
walk with the Spirit, be led by the Spirit, and take each step with the Spirit. So God doesn't want you to, 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 to pour a lot of effort, pour a lot of strength into something, to learn, to analyze, to calculate. But rather, when you start to embody what it means to live by the Holy Spirit, then life becomes very simple. It becomes very easy. Nothing, becomes, uh, nothing is complica- complicated anymore because you're not the one making the decisions. This... Image has to be has to appear within your lives. It has to become easier for you to live by the Spirit than to live by your flesh. If living by the Spirit is more difficult for you, then there is an issue with your relationship with the Lord, and that means that the power of the flesh is, is stronger than the power of the Spirit within you. And you have to continue to deny the flesh, to to put to death your flesh, so that you can become closer to the to the Spirit of God. And since there's no translation, my, my sermon is becoming very fluent. So translation, translators always need to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that they can receive the anointing correctly and follow along this sermon um, without any obstacles. Like Sergio. He just has his unique anointing, so he doesn't really need to try that hard to follow along uh, the, the anointing of the sermon. David is very innocent. If you watch the movie before he stands up to translate, then it just shows. <laughs> he's very, he's very honest. But Sergio is able to go over these hurdles fluently with his own, um, with his own talents, I guess. And since I can't understand him, I don't know if he's um, translating correctly. And they all have their pros and cons. David's, well, I I like David and I also like Sergio. And there are no other translators and interpreters like them. So I'm very thankful and very proud of them. But know that if you do not pray, you cannot stand here next to me. Let's move on. <clears throat> so only Israel doesn't know of this judgment that is coming to them. Verse 2, So I called in Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of Zebarakiah. So God is uh, as, as reliable witnesses for me. So this I- image seems like God is bringing Israel to court and He is bringing forth the witnesses that are going to testify against Israel. So the son of Zechariah and Uriah are, are both going to be witnesses in this court case. And not only does God raise up people to be witnesses, the, all, of, all of nature can become a witness uh, in the court of God. 
and verse 3. Then I made love to the prophetess. And she conceived and gave birth to a son. And the Lord said to me, Name him Maher Shalah Hashbaz. So like verse 1, it says that she gave, gave birth to a son. But he named his son, uh, a pers- uh, which, uh, this, which means swift to spoil. So that is a great faith of the father to, to be able to name his son such things. And this is possible because it was Isaiah, because he had this relationship with God. Will you be able to name your son such things? Quick to plunder, swift to spoil. So for, when you look at the life of Isaiah, all the things that he did, every aspect of his life is a, is a sign of God. And it is, all this was possible because of how light his spirit was. Whether it be a blessing or a curse, you need to be able to receive it if it comes from God. And you can only receive it when you're spiritually light and unburdened. Let's move on to verse 4. But before the boy knows how to say my father or my mother, the wealth of Damascus and the plunder of Samaria will be carried off by a king, by the king of Assyria. I've talked about this before. But before this boy is able to, to have a mind of his own, All the things, all the treasures and the power of, of, of these nations will be stripped away from them. So no matter how strong northern Israel and Aram may seem, if God says you, you are, are going to die, then they will be put to death. But Assyria, can, Assyria and, and Judah cannot see that, cannot believe in the work of God. And when you respond by the flesh, you can, you can only judge things according to what you see what you perceive what you see uh, and what you can hear what you sense <clears throat> but the things that you can perceive and actually experience through your senses are not entirely true because th- those situations may, tr- may change at any time so that's why it is important for us to follow the, the, the directions of the Lord. Do not try to know and to, to gain information for yourself. Too many people try to judge what is happening according to their own standards or their experiences. And, but that is, and, and that is because they were taught in that way in, in their schools and in their churches. No matter what what it may be, you need to prepare a faith that would allow you to receive anything that comes from God. Even if it seems impro- uh, uh, implausible or impossible, you got to follow the, the directions of God. But before Assyria comes into the picture, Northern Israel and, and uh, Aram are, are very powerful countries. So when, they, when their armies are allied, uh, southern Judah can only tremble in fear. But, that, but they tremble in fear because they are responding by the flesh. They are judging the situation according to their senses. But that, that is not the case. That is not the, the truth of the Lord. 
when you follow after the decisions that you have made through your through your mind, through your logical thinkings, then that path will only lead you to defeat, to failures. But when you follow after the directions of God, then you will be never fa- you will never face defeat or failures. As I have lived with the Lord for thirty-five years, there were times that the Lord has spoken to me about something, and it seemed wrong. It seemed incorrect, but I still obeyed Him, and eventually I would see how God has led me to the best scenario. It may take some time. It may seem like the thing, the, the situation gets worse when you have obeyed the Lord, but eventually you see His goodness come through, and it's the same in your businesses as well. Sometimes it seems like you sh- you shouldn't expand your business, even though you're you're not、uh, growing at the moment. But when you follow the instructions of God, eventually you're gonna see why He wanted you to expand in that in that time when you when you were not making a profit. So the deed itself is not that important. It is it is important to know who uh, uh, who has instructed you to do that deed. If it is God who has instructed you to do so, then you gotta follow Him to the very end. the The strategy and the deed itself is not so important. It is important who you are following.、And、this is a very important、um, message. People who are who are acknowledged by God, no matter what happens, the Lord will work through that person who He has acknowledged. And the rest of the world will move according to the faith of that individual as well. And the kingdom of God does not work according to strategies, to schemes, to plans, and and with preparation. God works according through people He has acknowledged, people who have faith, people who are obedient to Him. So the important thing is to become acknowledged by God. And that is the principle of the kingdom of God. When David, when、uh, David was acknowledged by the Lord, he was he was able to save the rest of Israel through his faith. So in that aspect, our number one priority should be to to. To to check to always see that we are standing before the Lord in the correctly. The process itself is not important. What you do, what you choose to to do, is not that important. But it's important to follow the one that、uh, is guiding you. And since Isaiah started to move here, everything is completed through him. God is working through Isaiah. Now let's move on to verse five to eight. The Lord spoke to me again because this people has rejected the gently flowing waters of Sh- Shiloh and rejoiced over Rezin and the son of Remaliah. Therefore, the Lord is about to bring against them. So this is referring to northern Israel. Shiloh is the water that, that that flows from the the valley of Gideon, and it, this river is not very wide. 
is a small stream. But the people have rejected the flowing waters of uh, Shiloh and, and the rejoices over resin. And therefore, the Lord is about to bring against them the mighty floodwaters of Euphrates, the king of Assyria, with all his pomp. So, since northern Israel has rejected the mercy of uh, the, the grace of the Lord, He is going to bring this great amount of water from the Euphrates to come and over uh, and to, to drown. Northern Israel for their disobedience. So they're going to face their destruction. It will overflow all its channels, run over all its banks, and sweep into Judah. So it's going to, this body of water is going to affect even Judah. So even though a lot of things will be taken from Judah, they will not be annihilated. Because it says, its outspread wings will cover the breadth of your land, Emmanuel. So before the coming of Jesus, and even after the coming of Jesus, the, the salvation and the victory of Israel lies with the Messiah. And in the end times, the thousands, thousands are going to gather around Israel. But since the presence of the Lord is so strong in that land, uh, not, not a single arrow will be shot uh, against the fortress of Israel. And it's because of the strong presence of the Lord that none of the enemies will, will, will even dare try to, to shoot an arrow against this presence. And that is the type of presence that is, that is, that is being poured upon us right now. Long ago during one of the Malaysian conferences, the presence of the Lord was so strong that... Exclude, except one person, I think the rest of the congregation fell asleep. And I think all of the people that slept have come to this conference, starting from Pastor Raymond to, to Pastor Evan, Pastor Crew also. They all slept during that service. The Malaysian Zoyamish churches all met me uh, in their sleep. But even though everybody was sleeping, I preached for three hours during that service. So God protects Israel with this great presence. So it's not important how many enemies are coming towards us with what weapons. It is important to know who is with us, who is on our side, and that, is, that has to be God. And you need to have a yearning for this amount of presence from the Lord because when you're under this presence then you will be protected by God 
In the end times, we actually see how God protects us against our enemies. When missiles start to fly to us, we will be able to send them back to the enemy base. Even, even imagining it, it excites me. Now let's move on to verse 9 to 15. Verse 9 to... Now this is the judgment of all the nations. So raise the war cry, you nations. And the nations here refers to the, the Gentiles. And even though this prophecy probably directly refers to the surrounding nations, uh, the nations that are surrounding Israel, but as we know, Isaiah prophesies transcending time and space. And so, you nations probably refers to all the the rest of the world as well. And that can be applied to us right now. So when you look in... uh, When you look at the expressions of of Zechariah or the book of Revelations... You gotta check to see what, which time period this prophecy is referring to, is being applied to. So, the, verse nine is spoken to the, the the nations that are gonna surround Jerusalem in the end. When you look at these prophecies, do not read them as if you're reading a, a fairy tale. You gotta read these prophecies, knowing that these prophecies will be fulfilled in your lives. That you was that that they are tangible to you. And when your spirit is at, is as free as Isaiah's spirit was, then you will also be worked. Uh, the Lord will also be able to work through you. And if you're unable to minister and become uh, a servant of servant of God like Isaiah, then you gotta see what the issue is, what is weighing you down, what is binding your spirit, and you have to work towards liberating your spirit so that you can transcend time and space like Isaiah, because God is an eternal God. He is able to make He is able to bring the past and the future into the present. because he himself transcends time and space. And we as humans cannot transcend time and transcend space. But when, we're con- when our spirit is connected with the Lord, he will help us to go beyond our limitations. Look at Isaiah. He was able to prophesy 700, 700 years into the future. So the spirit of the prophet is, is very powerful in this sense. So do not think of prophecy as just a spiritual gift, but it is a special ability or power that is given to the prophets of God. Don't you have a desire to receive this this power? 
So that's how important uh, having an, an unburdened spirit is. And once your spirit is unburdened, you will see things, you will, hear, you, will, you will sense things and receive the inspirations of God without any obstacles. And God, as you know, God works through our prayers. And since He works through our prayers, He wants us to see clearly. He wants us to see what needs to be ministered, what needs to be prayed for. And not only is this a power, this is a way of life for us. You gotta make this habit of, 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 of receiving and being able to hear the voice of God. Pastors who are unable to see the overall picture of their church members, they only see, they will not be able to transcend time and space when they minister for them. They can only focus on the on the on the personal affairs that they are going through at the moment. They can only they're stuck in the present. But once your spirit is freed, you'll be able to see beyond their present. You'll be able to see their past and the future and minister to them correctly. And when I'm dealing with the the CEOs of our church, not only do I advise them about what to do in the present, I I also pray for their future future that God will give me um, what, what he's going to do to them do to do them in the future and and that's why I don't I don't simply pray that the Lord will, will bring riches to the companies but I pray that they will become influential in the end so that the Lord can work through these companies you have to be able to pray uh, according to the scale of God so spiritual freedom is not some abstract uh, idea but it, it is it is the essence of what your spirit is supposed to be and many prophets of our church and there are prophets in our church that can prophesy but they their pro, their prophecies should not uh, be so contained anymore their prophecies have to go beyond our neighborhood beyond our na beyond our nations and even go beyond time and space for that to happen, you got to be spiritually liberated. Once you're spiritually liberated, you'll be, you'll be able to go beyond any space and go beyond any time. And since God lets you know what, what you need to pray for, you will pray regarding those things and you will listen to your prayers and work through those prayers. And your will and the will of the Lord will come together in that, in that beautiful way. And that is how your spirit should work. Like I said before, the kingdom of God is not dependent upon what you work towards, what you have prepared, what skill set you have. It is dependent upon who is in charge. Look at Ahaz. He led Israel to destruction. But who was in that time? Elijah was there. Because Elijah was there, even though King Ahaz was wicked, God acknowledges the faith of Elijah, and so Israel was restored and saved through, through that one faith. So, uh, like I said before, the kingdom of God is... Uh, the, 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 the question they have to ask when it comes to the kingdom of God is, who is it? Who is the one that, that is standing there? 
So I hope all the Church of Zoe ministry will become like this. Become the ones that the Lord will work through. Become acknowledged by God. So, so the hope of this and the hope, so the hope and desires of all the, the believers of God should to should be to be acknowledged by the Lord. And for the past 35 years, I have been asking the Lord, "Is it me? Am I? Have I been called by you to be the leader of this generation?" Because I know that God works through those who have, who has who He has acknowledged. So I'm asking the Lord, are, "Am I acknowledged? Am I called by you?" My wife, where have you been? Oh, you went to intercession. No wonder my sermon was uh, going so fluently. I don't have anything to give you anymore. I can only love you as a husband now. The biggest blessing in my life is that I have met the Lord, and the second blessing is that I have met my wife. Pastor Lee, never mind. Verse nine. Raise a war cry, you nations, and be shattered. So we don't know exactly what nation Isaiah is referring to, but he says, "Raise a war cry to to Assyria or to 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 Ephraim." He doesn't care. No matter how much they raise a war cry, if God does not will their victory, then they will not be victorious. And no matter how dire the situation may be, if the Lord wills your your victory, then you'll be led to victory. Because He has power; He has the power to do so. Listen, all you distant lands, prepare for battle and be shattered. So they are they are preparing themselves for war, but no matter how much they're prepared, they will be shattered. They will be put to waste. Because their victory does not lie in what they have, what they have accumulated, what they have prepared, but is dependent on the will of the Lord. And, and God works in a completely di- different dimension from we do. When I was growing up, there was an ant hill in front of my house, and thousands of ants would work hard every day to to bring in food and to to build the structures beneath that uh, that mound. But that is, they're doing well in their own dimensions. Once I start to pee upon on uh, on, on that uh, ant hill, everything is going to melt down, and their house is going to crumble. Likewise, since we have no control of our situations, we don't have to take charge. We shouldn't take charge. All we have to do is follow the instructions of the Lord. He was able to see us from above. Devise a strategy; it will be thwarted. Propose a plan, but it will not stand, for God is with us. 
So no matter what they think they can do, no matter what they are prepared, no, what, what supplies they have, what weapons they have, it doesn't matter because God is on, not on their side. So we can say to our enemies, try your best, do whatever you want, because it will not be done according to your plans. And that's why we don't have to be shaken in any matter. Let's move on. Verse 10. Devise your strategy. So they are devising a strategy to, to be allied with one another to strike down Israel. But no matter how many wicked hands, hold, uh, wicked hands come together, they will, they will not be able to do anything. And even if Israel is corrupted, even, if, even though they are corrupted, they are still the children of God. They are still the chosen people of God. And so God still protects His people. No matter how rotten they be, no matter how wicked they become, their calling to be the children of God, the chosen people of God, does not change. So that's why they are confident and we can be confident against our enemies. That's why we can say, do your best or do your worst, actually. Because it won't work. Since their head is Lucifer and our head is, is, is God, they can never overcome us. Propose your plan, but it will not stand. So no matter how much they, 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 they chatter amongst themselves about their plans, they hold no authority, they hold no power. But to, upon the children of God, He has poured the, the authority of the Father. So we have the authority of proclamations. When we say, let there be light, there will be light. And God has given His servants this authority. In Ephesians 1, He says, I have, I have given upon your tongues my gospel. So, God, God, is going to, God says He's going to work through the proclamations of His servants. So when His servants speak, it will be done. So we got to utilize this, uh, this authority of the bar and not rely on our words, our schemes. What else? The reason why they, they will not stand, they will not be, be, be victorious is because God is with us, God is with Israel. Since Emmanuel is with us, no one can overcome us, overtake us. So the reason why Jesus came upon this earth as Emmanuel is because He has to be the one that restores and reconciles us with the Lord. And throughout the history of Israel during the Six-Day War and even right now in their battle against Hamas, their salvation comes from Emmanuel. He's the one that embraces us, covers us with His wings. Amen. Let's move on. So starting from verse 11, it talks about the judgment of Israel. 
So northern Israel and also starting from verse 14, it talks about southern Judah. They are both going to be uh, judged by the Lord. What time is it? Let's go, do, go on a little bit further. And don't just immediately go back to your rooms after the service is over. Please pray with the message you have received in this conference and actually start to digest the message and embody it. Because in this season, if you do not pray, then you're going to experience a huge amount of loss. Every day in this new season, God is blessing us with, with, with uh, new things. And He's actually renewing us every day as well. So up until now, your issue was that you were not able to pray. If you start to pray, actually, then, then you, you will face no uh, obstacles. You will face no um, uh, walls. So tonight, after the service, please pray before the Lord to, to digest this message. We are not here on vacation. We are not here to, 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 be, um, to rest. We are here to receive grace. So embody this grace through uh, your prayers. Verse 11. This is what the Lord says to me with a strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the way of this people. So God is speaking to Israel with this strong presence. And He's warning Israel not to follow this path of disobedience and unbelief. What does He say? Uh, do not call conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. Which means do not listen to the voice of unbelief of the world. I'm going to emphasize once again, the world is nothing. The only eyes that you should, you should have while looking at the world is pity or compassion. Because their business are going to burn away tomorrow. So their end is, is near. In Revelations 18, it says, the Babylon, the empire of Babylon that has been built up diligently by, diligently, but built up by the descendants of Cain for 6,000 years will be destroyed in one hour. Not one month, but one hour. So that's how meaningless and empty the world is. And when you follow after the world, your life is going to end in this, meaning, in this vanity as well. And I can guarantee the statement. If there's one person that says that they have lived a fulfilling life while living in the world, then I will, then I will walk to hell myself. Life, life in Babylon is meaningless. It is vain. So do not chase after the things of Babylon anymore. We've got to chase after spiritual things, chase after our Lord Jesus Christ. So aren't you filled with confidence knowing this? You don't have to feel oppressed uh, by the world anymore. Because it is not important what you possess and what you have. When you live with the Lord, then that in itself should bring you confidence and boldness and, and courage. If God decides, then everything is uh, then everything is settled, and His inspirations and His voice should become our only motivation in life. Look at us right now. We are just we are doing we are not working in the world. We are just receiving grace in this conference. 
But even though you're just hitting your receiving grace, God is working through your prayers and working through this conference to, 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 to touch and change the world. So what is impor uh, the, the important thing is faith and not your deeds, not your actions. If you just have faith, and even though you're doing nothing, it may seem like you're doing nothing. God is working through you in, uh, right now. That's how experts live. Can you believe in this? Believe in it, okay? Believe in it. How can you live while not trusting in, this, in the God of goodness? Even right now, through this conference, he's, he is tearing apart the, the, the schemes of the enemy and working upon this nation. And all we are doing right now is, is, is receiving grace while sitting down. So, just do that. Pull on, uh, soak in the message that is being, be, being proclaimed right now. And, and uh, unburden your spirits and be liberated so that you'll be able to prophesy 700 or even 1,000 years into the future. This is not an imaginary uh, concept. It is real. It is tangible. And as you're receiving this message right now, the spirit, the prophetic spirit of Isaiah will be poured upon you. So receive it. Soak it in. When I get excited, I dance. So please excuse me. Move on, verse 12. Do not call a conspiracy everything this people calls a conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear. Do not dread it. In the, in the perspective of Israel, the Israel, Israel who is disobeying the word of the Lord right now, to them, to them, Isaiah and those who are f remaining in faith for the Lord are, the, are, are committing treason. And they're the ones that are betraying them. Because people like Elijah and Isaiah are saying Israel has to be taken into captivity so that they will learn from their mistakes and, and, and be restored. But in the perspective of, of Israel, they're saying they're allowing us to be taken into captivity. And it's the decision of God for Israel to be taken into captivity. But the prophets that, who are speaking the words, words of the Lord will be, called, uh, will be accused of treason. But the prophets who are speaking the word of the Lord, people such as Elijah, Jeremiah, and, and Isaiah, are the ones who are acknowledged by God. They're the ones that are saying, do not rely on foreign forces. Do not rely... Do not rely on Assyria. Do not tremble in fear because of the tasks of northern Israel and, uh, and Aram. But since they are not willing to, willing to listen to the voice of God, they prepare themselves. They, 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 they uh, prepare the soldiers. They go and ask for the help of other nations. And they call those who are speaking the word of God as uh, betrayers. People who accuse them of, uh, of treason. Uh,
But still, um, Ahaz, alongside of Judah, are still trembling in fear because northern Israel and Aram are preparing to attack them. And the reason why they fear their enemies is because they don't have a fear of the Lord. So look at me. You might say, oh, pa this pastor is so powerful. But actually, my personality is quite timid. I'm quite small. I don't, I'm not that bold and courageous. And especially, um, oh, you can tell that I was, a, I was a shy and timid person because I, I am not able to, to watch any scary movies or any horror movies. And I, got tr I get traumatized if I, just, uh, if I watch a single horror movie. I don't remember who it was. Maybe it was my, my younger sibling, but he... I watched the movie, I watched the movie Dracula while I was still afraid of, of the, the I, was, I was still traumatized by the previous horror movie. But once I saw Dracula, because Dracula brought so much fear into me, I forgot about the other ghosts or other demons that I saw in the previous movie. People who have watched Dracula movie are not afraid of the, the, the nine-tailed fox anymore or any other uh, spirits in Korea. So likewise, if you fear the Lord, then you will not be able to fear anything else in the world. So there are several points of importance in your relationship with the Lord. But one of that is you need to have a fear of the Lord. If you have a fear of the Lord, then you will fear nothing else. Secondly, you cannot be lonely. People of God cannot be lonely. If you say you're lonely, then that, there's a huge issue with your relationship with the Lord. You have to maintain this close relationship with God. So, so you would naturally never be lonely because the Lord is always with you. If you fear the Lord and fear the Lord only, then all the blessings of the Bible will be applied to you. In Hebrews, it says those who have the fear of the Lord are, have an intimate relationship with God. What is the blessing of the one who has the fear of the Lord? According to Proverbs, it says the Lord has given them life, blessings, and also wisdom. So the fear of the Lord becomes a great channel for you to receive, receive blessings from God. So that's why the fear of the Lord is so important. The fear of the Lord is an emotion, is an emotion, a sensation that, that you, you feel when you're, when you're experiencing the Lord. You cannot sense it by yourself. You have to encounter the Lord, experience it in order to have this fear, uh, to have this fear within you. And when you have the fear of the Lord, that's when you can become a true worshiper of God. Because you're truly exalted. And when you have the fear of the Lord, you will fear nothing else in this world. Let's continue. Verse 13. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. 
He is the only one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. Once you start to receive the holiness of God, you will learn how to fear the Lord. And why is that? It's because in His holiness, His holiness contains both the, His love and also His justice. So when holiness comes into you, the fear of the Lord naturally will also come into you as well. There's no person on this earth that is so perfect that they would not uh, uh, develop a fear of the Lord when they receive His holiness because they cannot meet those, those, the, the, His standards of justice anyways. So when you receive His holiness, you cannot help but to fear the Lord. And since we have received His holiness, we have received we have also received His dignity alongside of, uh, of Jesus Christ. Because we have His holiness, we can also receive all the things that have been given to Jesus Christ. The only difference is He is an uh, independent God whilst we are a dependent God. And the, the title Christ is only given to, to Jesus. It is not given to us. We say we call Jesus Christ, but we cannot say Mino Christ or any other. So once, and once you really are able to believe in this fact, um, you you'll be completely turned turned upside down. And because of that, the angels treat us as the heirs of of the, of the kingdom of God. And. Uh, even though the, ho the angels are so holy, uh, our beings are, are our beings are created differently with different purposes. We are made to be the heirs of His kingdom, whilst the angels are made to be workers of His kingdom. And Jesus has Jesus said that through the cross, because after after He was resurrected, He said, "Because I am holy, you are holy as well." So God has given us His holiness through the crucifixion. And naturally, since His holiness is within us, we can only uh, develop a fear of the Lord. That is a v the rightful duty of the children of God and also for Israel. God did not limit His dignity for us. And it is unexplainable. We cannot explain why He gave us His holiness. It is an eternal homework that we have to solve. There's only one hint, and that is that He loved us, and that's why He gave us His holiness. But in Isaiah 6, I talk about the seraphs. seraphims. They're angels that are always near the, the, the throne of God. So imagine their level of holiness. But they burn bright red because they're constantly exposed to the river of fire that flows from the throne. But these angels have six wings. That is their special characteristic. And the reason why they have six wings is because even though they are so holy, they have to cover their heads and their, their feet when they're in the presence of God because they cannot stand to face that holiness head on. But God has given His that very holiness upon us. 
Even the seraphs are unable to see the Lord's face. But according to Second Corinthians, we are we have been given the privilege to write to see the, the, the light that shines from the face of glory. Not a single angel is able to see the face of God directly. Even the archangels are unable to see the Lord uh, face to face. And humans cannot cannot with our with our fleshly eyes we cannot see we we cannot look directly into the light that shines from the faces of angels as well. But God has given us His very own holiness, and that's why we have the privilege and right to see the light that shines from His very own face. So, can you actually believe this? Does it come to you? That's all noble. That's all much He God has given you. And that's that's the dignity that God has given to you. During during the time of Moses, when he encountered the Lord on Mount Sinai, his face. Also reflected that light that he received, and after he came down from the mountain, the Israelites couldn't see Moses. Uh, he they couldn't look at Moses because of the shine, light that was radiating from his face. But after Jesus, after the act of Jesus, our spiritual system has been transformed so that we can see that face that shines from his face. That's why I say. Mankind that existed before the time of Jesus and mankind that exists after the time of Jesus are completely different. Our whole being has been transformed, in, which, which is what we call the new covenant being. We are a new being. Look at each other. Look at look to see if you can see any symptoms of them being a new covenant being, and if you can see that light that shines from their faces, then respect them, greet them with uh, respect. Them. <clears throat> no matter how old you are, you're still a new covenant being, you're a new being. No matter how weak you are from, from your fast, you're still a new creation, new being. Why are you worried? If she if she dies, then don't don't worry. I'll I'll find you a new partner. Let her fast. Let's continue. Verse fourteen. He will be a holy place. So we can tell that the, the context of verse 13 does not refer to the Old Testament, but to the New Testament. Isaiah is referring to uh, the time where Jesus has already come. So starting from verse 11, Isaiah is prophesying not to the, the, the Israelites of the present, but his, his spirit has transcended time to go into the future. And he is prophesying from the perspective of the new, uh, from the New Testament. He's talking about the Messiah, and, mes- uh, and Jesus called himself the Temple of God. And that's why verse fourteen says he will be a holy place. And there are meanings to to him becoming a Temple of God, but. When he 
came as a man upon this, upon this earth. It meant, it meant his flesh was able to, 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 to function as the, the temple of the Lord. And because he himself became a sanctuary, he became uh, the temple of God. When we go through the cross and the Holy Spirit is within us, we also become the temple, we become the sanctuary of the Lord. And this also we cannot accept through our reason and rationality. How can that, how can the Creator God, how can God Himself come into us and call us His temple? Where well, it says that the Lord has built His tabernacle within us. So we function as His temple, we function as His sanctuary. And what is within the Holy of Holies? It contains the message and the law of the Lord. And also has uh, the, 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 the lampstand. The, the bread and the oil. And all the functions of the Holy of Holies are also within us. So, so after uh, uh, the sacrifice of Jesus, what he did was he he not only did he forgive us of our of our sins, he has made us into his tabernacle, made us into his sanctuary and holy of holies, and with that comes also all the functions, all the proper functions of the holy of holies. And whenever you come to pray before the Lord, it is it is the same as the high priest coming to the holy of holies after after offering the uh, after doing the offering on the on the altar. And when you continue to to uh, have this relationship with the Lord, not only can you meet the Lord in the holy of holies once a year like Israel does, you can you can. Go into the Holy of Holies every day to encounter the Lord. You can constantly go between this, the, 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 the tabernacle and the Holy of Holies whenever you wish. So where is the Holy Place? The Holy Place is right in front of the Holy of Holies. Next to you is the, the lampstand and the altar is right before you. So every day you gotta re-oil the lampstand and offer your offerings on the altar. And when these functions are activated, um, you will be, truly become a temple of God. So all these prophecies are referring to the New Testament. For both Israel and Judah will be will be uh, a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes people fall. Uh, 
Isaiah 28, verse 16. 16 Therefore, thus says the Lord, Behold, I am the one who has laid has laid as a foundation in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. So a choice has been given to us. Are you going to become a cornerstone? Are you going to become a foundation like Jesus? Or are you going to become a, 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 an obstacle such as Israel right now that causes others to stumble? And we're going to talk about Romans later, but anyways, right now, when, you, when, you, when, when, the, when Israel starts to reject the Lord and become disobedient, then they will become a stone that causes other people to stumble. They will become an obstacle themselves. We should become a cornerstone. We should become a sturdy foundation for the church to be built on. But if we continue to go against the, the, the will of the Lord and disobey His word, then we will only become an obstacle for others to stumble on. And naturally, your prayer life will become very difficult and you will lose all inspiration for the Lord. We need to become... Uh, uh, we need to have a heart where we are able to receive all the things of the Lord with joy and happiness. Because we're constantly seeing his, the fulfillment of His pro promises and His prophecies. So we cannot help but, but be happy in Him. Amen. But Israel has become uh, an obstacle. And for the people of Jerusalem, He will be a trap, a snare. And Jesus Himself has become uh, our foundation. And upon that foundation, we're able to build uh, the temple of God. We gotta, and we got to become that temple and become that cornerstone as well. We should not become the stone in the path of others. We should not become an obstacle. But if you fall to the, to the trap of the world and the snare of the world, then you will become the stone that causes others to stumble. Also, all these prophecies are referring to the New Testament. So now let's move on to verse 15. So since we have been made into a temple of the Lord, we, we can pull on the presence of God wherever we go because we are His temple. When you maintain the fullness of the Holy Spirit within you, it becomes your essence to, 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 to constantly be under the presence of God. So always make sure that you're living under His reign, under His presence. And also check to see that the functions of the, the uh, holy place and the holy of holies are operating correctly within you. Verse 15, many of them will stumble, they will fall and be broken, they will be snared and captured. So if you reject the Lord, this is what is going to happen in you. You will, you will stumble yourself and you will cause others to stumble. And it will become difficult for you to receive the message of the Lord. It, will, it becomes hard for you to follow the, His directions. 
and that cannot happen. Now let's move on to verse 16. It talks about the, the sin of unbelief. So we know Israel is living in this dis, uh, disbelief, uh, unbelief, so they're disobeying the words of the Lord. So when we look at the history of Israel, ever since their exodus from Egypt and up until when, up until they have reformed uh, their nation recently, we can see that the reason why ex they exist right now is because of the Lord. And even though they, time after time they have seen the, how the Lord has led them to victory, yet they are still foolish enough to go back to their own ways every time. And for 3,000 years, they have been judged, have been uh, disciplined and been rebuked by the Lord continuously. And one thing that we have to acknowledge that what they have done is they have never once let go of the Lord. They have never once fully rejected their God and turned against Him. It's because of the hidden DNA within uh, their bodies. No matter how wicked and corrupt that they may become, Israel does not uh, turn away from the Lord. And that is the greatness of Israel. And that is something that we have to learn from the history of, of Israel. It's true that they are foolish and ignorant. But we also have to realize that without the Holy Spirit, they, can, they cannot help but act in this way. They cannot help but not acknowledge the Messiah. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, then it will already have been a long time since you have given up on the Lord. So don't think you are better than, than uh, the Israelites. I think it was 2016 when I first visited Israel. I went there during the Passover. And I tried to go in and watch their ceremony on the Passover Day of Atonement. No, not Passover, Passover, yeah, Passover. And I tried to watch their festivals from nearby, but um, I got kicked out. But even though they don't have the Holy Spirit, they spend hours every day rocking themselves back and forth, meditating with the word, uh, meditating with the word of the Lord, and and praying before uh, praying to their God. Hours and hours they pray, even though there's, no, there's not a sliver of, of, of anointing. <clears throat> and on the Day of Atonement, they're, so, they're filled with joy so much that they, they, they dance throughout the night in celebration of them being freed of their sins for that one day. Even though for 3,000 years they have sinned and, been, and, been, and, and have been judged, and been restored and they have gone through so much sufferings in the name of the Lord never once did they fully reject and renounce their faith and we were able to hold up this far because of the Holy Spirit and I always tell the Messianic Jews 
that you have never once experienced the revival of the of the Gentiles, like the Gentiles, and you had the desire for a revival such as that to to come upon you guys. And once you re receive and experience that revival, a great, powerful church will be established in Israel. So do not judge Israel for their ignorance. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, then you would be worse off than than Israel in the current state. It's actually impossible for us to follow the path of the Lord without the Holy Spirit. So do not uh, judge so harshly, uh, judge Israel so harshly. <laughs> now let's move on to verse 16. Bind up this testimony of warning, and we don't have any time left. So let's do this tomorrow because you have to pray. Let's pray.